Punky Peeps, happy Tuesday, Punky Power's new release day. I have decided to do this because that way I can enjoy my weekend and not feel rushed to get the episode out on Monday. Especially if I feel really tired and run down like I kind of had over the weekend, or if I have something going on. Well, I'm your host, Angela Bowen, and welcome to another episode of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Today, I'll be reviewing Punky Brewster Season 2, Episode 3, Cheaters Never Win, which aired on September 29, 1985. In this episode, we see Punky and Alan resort to cheating on their geography test to get a better grade on their report cards. We begin the episode in the bathroom. How interesting, because up until this point, we hadn't even seen the bathroom. We'd only seen the living room, the kitchen, and Punky's bedroom. So that's kind of cool. Punky's getting ready for bed as she gargles mouthwash or, or water to rinse out her mouth, and then she sprays the inside of her mouth with breath spray. She then leans down to spray some in Brandon's mouth, and we see he's wearing his nightcap, which we, we have seen before in a previous episode. We see Henry's on the couch, and Punky comes over and tells him that she's flossed, brushed her teeth, and gargled with mouthwash, and now she's off to say her prayers. He tells her good night and sweet dreams. I love how he always says sweet dreams to her. She turns around to head to her bedroom, but then she stops and turns around telling him she forgot that she has some papers for him to sign. Okay, clearly she's up to something here. Waiting until just before bedtime so Henry's in a good mood and she has a few papers for him to sign, thinking he'll just sign them all and not pay attention to what he's actually signing. He asks what they are, and she tells him, just school stuff, and he goes to put on his glasses, and she stops him, telling him, oh, you won't need those. Red flag right there. He squints at them, (laughs) signing one for attending the PTA meeting. He then signs a permission slip for a field trip to go to the post office. That sounds boring. I mean, as an adult, yeah, boring, but as a kid, especially growing up in the 80s, that would have been cool. I wonder how much business post offices get nowadays with people doing their online bill pay like myself or using UPS to mail packages. There's actually a mailing place at the customer service desk in the Meyer that I go to. So that works out for me because our post office here is downtown and that's kind of out of my way. Just like the Secretary of State is out of my way that I have to go to to get my registration since my birthday's next week. Like, ugh. Always seem to put it off to the last minute. Henry makes his way to the last paper and sees that it's a report card, and Punky feigns innocence as she asks, Well, how did that get in there? Henry stands up, putting on his glasses, and reads aloud her grades. I never got grades in elementary school. I got satisfactory or unsatisfactory. Jeremy's were pretty much the same way. We didn't get letter grades till middle school or junior high. Well, which are pretty much the same thing. Math B, spelling B, physical education A. At this, Punky stands up and tells him, I'm a wizard, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Let me try that again. I'm a wizard, dodgeball. Geography D, he frowns. And she reminds him, I'm a wizard, dodgeball. Would Mike have talked to her when he started 
when her grades started to slip, just say, hey, you know, you're at a D or you're going to be at a D. If you need help, I can work with you or something. I know kids can't be good at every th subject, but a word of warning might have helped unless she knew with every test she failed, her grade was getting lower and just didn't bother to do something about it. He asks her if she knows what this D means, and she answers, grounded. Henry tells her he's not going to ground her. He doesn't believe in education by deprivation. She tells him, I don't know what that means, but I like the sound of it. He explains to her that he doesn't want her to learn just because she's afraid she'll be punished if she doesn't. She tells him he is so wise, and he explains how he wants her to realize how important education is and how it will help her later in life. Yes, like going to college and getting a job. Or at least getting a really good job, hopefully. I think, honestly, if a child develops good study habits at a young age, that will carry them through to when it's really important in high school, when they have to prepare to get into a good college. I was always a procrastinator, even as a kid, putting things off to the last minute. You know, to be honest, I'm kind of still like that. I'm a procrastinator. Being in special ed, we didn't have the workload as the regular ed kids did. In third grade, I was put in an out-regular math class, and I was so lost in class, I didn't know anybody, I couldn't keep up with the work. Eventually, I was pulled out and put back with my special ed class with my friends. You know, I was never good at math, but I excelled at reading, and in fourth grade, I moved to a different elementary school for fourth and fifth grade, and was put in an out-reading class. I didn't really do so well there either. The kids were more advanced than I was. Just goes to show that a kid can struggle in anything, but if given the proper help, like added assistance from a teacher or tutor, they can learn to do better. I really wish I had had someone to kind of work one-on-one -on -one with me growing up. That might have helped a little more. I'm just saying that maybe if her failing grade was brought to her attention sooner, or even to Henry's attention... She could have gotten the extra help she needed to get a better grade. Punky tells Henry she won't need geography later in life. If she wants to see the world, she'll join the Navy. I'll tell you right now, I never learned to really read a map, and luckily Jeremy is a whiz at that stuff. Thanks to Google Maps, I can find my way to where I want to go, but I normally only travel to, like, Grand Rapids or Lowell, where I'm familiar. When we went to D.C., Jeremy did all the driving because I'm not that comfortable driving out in familiar, uh, outside of familiar areas. He takes off, Henry takes off his glasses and frowns down at her. Then he sits on the couch with her and tells her how she shouldn't be getting a D. She's a very bright girl. He asks her what this D says about her. And Punky tells him that I'm not so bright after all. He tells her, no, it means she's underachieving and she's not working up to her potential. She agrees that she could be working harder than she is, and Henry asks her to promise him that from now on she's going to apply herself. I bet a lot of kids wish their parents were like that when it comes to taking an active interest in their homework. My dad never did really with me. I was always left to figure it out by myself, but he was always at my parent-teacher conferences, like in 6th and 8th grade, and my IEPs in high school, which are individual education plans for the following year, to see basically how I was performing overall, overall in the goals for the upcoming year. 
Punky promises him she'll apply herself like crazy, and he tells her that's good, and when the next report card rolls around, he expects to see a big improvement in her geography grade. She tells him she'll be the Rand McNally of the fourth grade. Now, I heard that name mentioned in a country song called Automatic by Miranda Lambert and didn't know what the heck that was or who. And I realized while in a Barnes & Noble this summer, when I was looking around, I saw the name Rand McNally and a bunch of travel guides and maps. Wow. Slap my forehead. I don't know how I went through life not knowing that. Alright, this must be the next day because we're in Punky's room and the kids are cramming for their big geography test, with Margot quizzing them. Who would you rather have leading a study cram session, Henry or Margot? I'd, put, I'd pick Henry. Margot's sitting on a stool and asking what the capital of New York is, and the kids practically burst a blood vessel in their forehead as they try to figure it out. Albany, she yells at them, like, what is with you all? Am I the only smart one in this room? She moves on to what is the capital of Montana. I don't know all my capitals, but rest assured Jeremy does, and he likes to prove it by occasionally quizzing me. I just look at him and say, I have no idea. Alan's like, oh, oh don't tell me. Ugh, I know this one. And I'm over here like, uh, no, you don't. <laughs> Helena! Margot screams at them, then turns to Cherry and asks what the capital of Wyoming is. Cherry admits that she didn't get to the W's yet. she going in alphabetical order? <laughs> Margot climbs off the stool, puts her hands on her hips, and tells them she's fed up and says, You call yourselves a study group? I'm like, then find another study group, Margot. Honestly, what other friends does she have besides them? They're the only ones who will put up with her. They look at her sheepishly, and she tells them they're hopeless, and she's tired of carrying them. They're dead wood. She tells them she's going home to rest. She hates to look, have hollow eyes when she's acing a test. Fine, then go home, Margo, Punky tells her. Margo spins back around to tell them another thing, and the three yell, Go home, in unison. She calls them peasants, her classic line, then slams the door. I'm going to play this clip of... Alan, Cherry, and Punky all stressing out about the test, and this leads into Alan writing the answers on his hand. So I'll be right back. I am not redwood. That's driftwood. That's deadwood. Boy, if we can't even remember the name she calls, how we can remember the capitals? We've got to. This test counts for 50% of our grade. Hand me that pen. What are you doing? Writing all the answers on my hand. But that's cheating. Not really. See, Marco has all the answers in her head. I'm just putting them somewhere where they're easier to see. <laughs> <laughs> that is too cheating. And if you were smart, you wouldn't do it. If I were smart, I wouldn't have to do it. <laughs> my grandma warned me about cheating. First you get caught, then you can't get in college, then you can't get a job, you have to beg for food, you wind up in the gutter till a car runs you over, and you're dead. I'd rather be dead than grounded. You guys want to join me? No way. Me neither. Cherry tells them they have to pass this test because it counts for 50% of their grade. Holy crap, that's a lot. 
If Punky fails, she'll have an F on her next report card. So we see Alan writing the answers on his hand. Really, Alan? You think the answers aren't going to get smudged? He'll probably have to reapply before walking into class. Cherry tells, asks him what he's doing, and he tells her he's writing all the answers on his hand. Cherry looks at him disgusted and says, That's cheating! Alan tells her, Not really, and he explains it as Margot's got all the answers in her head. He's just putting the answers where they're easier to see. Yeah, Alan, Cherry's right. That's cheating. That's still cheating. Alan laughs to himself at how clever he is, was to come up with this plan, and Punky tells him that is so cheating, and if he was smart, he wouldn't do it. Alan tells her if he was smart, he wouldn't have to be doing this, and Cherry tells him what her grandma warned her about. First you get caught, then you can't get into college, then you can't get a job, you end up begging for food, and then you wind up in a gutter until a car runs you over and then you're dead. Well, Betty sure knows how to put the fear into Cherry, doesn't she? I wonder if cheating can fall into gambling, hence the begging for food and living in a gutter. Addictive personalities. I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much in this. Punky's shocked face is hilarious and then Alan tells him he'd rather be dead than grounded. He asks if they want him if they want to join him by writing the test answers on themselves and Punky and Cherry tell him no. Good for them. The next day we're at school, where Mike hands the test papers out and tells them they have 30 minutes to complete it. Then he goes over to the front of the classroom and puts a general's hat on and points to the American flag on the wall. Mike takes on a general-type persona. He tells about how the stars on the flag each represent one of the 50 states, and then he tells them how every state has a capital. He mentions George C. Scott. I had looked up the movie. I'm like... Is that Patton? I've never seen Patton, but I'm like, oh, let me look that up. And I'm like, maybe the, that's who he, he was parroting. And I was right, George C. Scott in the movie Patton. The test begins and Punky just sits there stumped and freaked out. So she doesn't even bother to guess at the answers? I mean, did she not study at all? You're telling me she knows none of them. Oh my gosh. When I took a math class in college, I would blank out on the test. I had notes that showed me basically how to work the problem. Not to give me the answer, but basically show me how to break the problem down and be able to solve it. Because my mind was blank. I couldn't finish the test in the given time, so after class ended, the teacher let me go out into the hall to finish it. I still didn't pass the class, so I decided not to take the class again because I wasn't going to pay for it a second time. So I just finished out the semester. I know then and I know now math isn't my strong suit. In college, I was taught things I hadn't even learned in school. I don't remember much about fractions, decimals, or algebra when, or ratios when I was in school. That's probably why I fell behind here in college. My retention was not good at all. I even tried to tutor when I was in college, but it was a waste of time. She even told me that the people she tutored at least knew a little of the subject they were struggling in, and I felt so stupid. Margot is acing her way through the test as she happily writes down the answers. Punky looks over to Alan, who's also not writing down answers and just sitting there grimacing. Even Cherry's doing well, maybe having to think on a few answers, but she's at least writing stuff down. Alan looks up at Mike's desk, notices his head is down. Alan starts to drum his fingers on his desk as Mike looks up. I'm sure he's on to him as Alan's hand has moved not once to write down answers. 
When Mike lowers his head again, Alan opens his hand, revealing the answers that he wrote the night before. They are perfectly spelled, not smudged. They don't have sweat stains at all. He must have touched them up before he walked into class. Yeah, right. Like, Mike isn't going to notice him looking at his hand. Punky just stares at Alan, mouth agape in shock that he actually is going through with his plan to cheat. She bites her pencil as she stresses out more and lifts the sheet, revealing more questions underneath. Mike gets up and walks around the room to see how everyone is doing. Punky pretends to write something on her paper. Margot, finished with her test, puts her pencil down, and she pulls out her compact mirror and admires, admires her reflection. Alan checks the answers written on his arm, and Punky finally gives into temptation and follows Alan's lead as she looks at his arm, his hand, his elbow, and his leg to get the answers for the test. With only ten minutes left, she'd have to write fast. Mike tells them time's up, and he'll have the papers graded and handed back to them when they get back from lunch. The kids all rush him with their papers as they stampede for the door. Punky hands her paper to Mike as she walks out the door, and like a, dr like a big dum-dum, Alan excitedly celebrates to Punky, yelling, Punky, we did it! We actually got away with it! He's right outside the classroom door. Are you kidding me? Are you serious, Alan? Punky, feeling less than stellar about the whole cheating activity, feels she feels like dirt. With that, he leads her to the cafeteria. Now, we're back in the classroom as we zoom in on a desk that's filled to the brim with honey-made crackers, chocolate chip cookies, muffins, etc. At first, they thought it was Punky, but then we see a roly-poly kid stuffing his face with a muffin. Way to make fun of obese kids. Mike tells the class that while reviewing the tests, he came up with some interesting results. He mentions how someone thought the capital of Indiana was Sitting Bull, and how someone answered the capital of Wyoming with, I didn't get up to the W's. <laughs> we see a close-up on Cherry's embarrassed face. The class erupts into laughter. Mike tells the class that two students received perfect scores on their tests. Baloney. They had 10 minutes left to take that test. You're telling me that Alan had all 50 state capitals written on his whole body? We saw a hand, an arm, an elbow, and a leg. And at one point, Alan pulled his head into his shirt. So where did he put the rest of the answers? Mike calls out Punky and Alan to congratulate them on getting perfect scores and to come up and take a bow, which Alan does many times. Punky just stands there and grimaces with a guilty conscience. He asks them if they have anything they'd like to say, almost like, all right, I am giving you a chance to admit your guilt here. But neither she nor Alan speak up. Then Mike mentions how amazed he is that they went from below average work in geography to getting the highest scores in class. Mike ends up handing the two of them heavy books and stating since they did so well, they can have more work, while the rest of the class is going to have to review the, the states over, the capitals over again, since they, Punky and Alan, have not been challenged enough and since they're so advanced. Now we move to Punky's room where she and Alan are studying from the books and Punky is reciting the population of Tennessee which is 4,685,000. They produce soybeans, and the state flower is the iris. Are these books current to 1985? I looked up the population for Tennessee for 2010, and it said 6 million. So in 25 years' time, that state has grown by 2 million people. But then again, that was seven years ago, so who knows?
Alan has a mental breakdown as he screams at Punky while slamming a book shut. I can't stand it anymore! I'm sick of these stupid states! Mexico! Ohio! Rhode Island! It's endless! There must be 50 of them! Alan yells. Punky goes over to Alan and tells him to calm down. He's in a state of shock. He turns on her, grabbing her by the shoulders, and he goes, No! Not another state! Alan complains how all they do is study. I'm nine years old. Is this all there is? Is this all there is? Well, yeah, Alan, just wait till you get to high school and even college. This is cake compared to that. Punky reminds him that they cheated. They made their bed and now they have to rip what they sow or reap what they sow. Alan surprisingly tells Punky he was thinking of going to Mike to confess, and Punky tells him she's been thinking the same thing, but then she thinks of what their parents will do when they find out. Oh, yeah. And we see Alan rubbing his backside like he's getting... He knows he's going to get spanked by his parents, and Punky tells him, Not that. She tells him how Henry will react. He'll get real quiet with a real sad look on his face and tell her, Punky... I'm very disappointed in you. Then she fake stabs herself in the heart, and Alan agrees that's awful, and he and Punky decide to keep studying. I love how the, her room is all decked out with globes and maps, and Brandon's wearing glasses. In the kitchen, Betty's trying to convince Henry to buy a coupon book for $5, and how all the money she go, raises will, from selling them will go to new equipment at the nursing home. He tells her he'll buy two of them, and then he tells her how... Ever since he took custody of Punky, he's worried about whether or not he'd be a good father to her, and she tells him that he's done just fine. He tells her how three weeks ago Punky brought home a bad report card, and now he inspired her to do better, and Betty brings up, oh, did you spank her? I know it's the 80s and all, but what is with the spanking mentioned on this show? I mean, really, twice in one episode? That's a bit much. He tells her no. He encouraged her to work up to her full potential, how she got an A on her test and has been cracking the books since, and is now in advanced studies. Oh, Henry, if only you knew the truth. Betty tells him when Cherry got a bad grade, she just gets a bad grade, she takes away her dessert until her grades improve. Then Betty heads out the door. In the class the next day, Mike is finishing up on the 8s in multiplication, and now he's moving on to the 9s. He tells them all about getting the answers from your fingers, robbing from the rich to take give to the poor kind of thing. It's really cool. I learned that in school, too, and still use it to this day for fun or figuring something out. Mike is a, such a great teacher. Those kids sitting on the tops of their desks, that makes me so nervous. Like, the desk is going to tip forward. I swear I, that I tried that in grade school, and the desk did just that. Class ends, and Mike hands out the report cards. I'm going to play this clip of Mike explaining why Punky and Alan got the grades that they did on their report cards. All right, I'll be right back. I want you to pick up your report cards on the way out. And remember, I want your parents to sign these. And Holly, your little brother's signature is not acceptable. It's not even legible. All right. You welcome. Oh, look. I got straight A's. Did anyone else? What difference does it make if anyone else did? It cheapens it. All right, still serving? 
Is there a problem? Well, um, we sort of noticed that you um, sort of gave us a C in geography. Yeah, I guess it sort of did. We sort of don't understand. We got A's on the first test. We both got A's on the final exam. Doesn't A and an A add up to an A? Let me check my book. Now, you both said that you got A's on your first geography test, right? Right. And do you feel you earned that grade? Um, why do you ask that? It's just that when you were taking the test, I couldn't help but notice Alan was reading his chest. <laughs> and you, Punky, spent a great deal of time examining Alan's elbow. He, he has a word. Yeah, see? <laughs> Guys. You knew all along that we cheated? That's right. Well, then why didn't you flunk us? Because if I had, all you would have gotten out of it was an F. Do we have it this way? Guys, what can you tell me about Utah? Utah, the beehive state. Mm -hmm. State song, Utah, we love you. State bird, the seagull. State tree, the spruce goose. Spruce. State population, 1,619,000. Most of them named Osmond. Now, you see, that's what you got out of it. Knowledge. <laughs> now, about your grades on your report card. You both got A's in your final exam, a grade you earned. Now, I changed your first test grade to an F, a grade you earned which averages out to a C, a grade you're going to have to live with. Sounds fair. Thanks for not telling our parents, Mike. I decided it wasn't necessary. Good decision. <laughs> it's my guess that your parents were expecting an A in geography just as much as you were. And they're going to want to know why you ended up with only a C. And I guess you're just going to have to tell them. Good guess. Good grief. <laughs> then we move on to the night, on to the nighttime. <laughs> In Punky's room, Punky is shown Henry her report card, and he is not pleased to hear that she cheated. He quizzes her on the state song of Iowa, and Punky tells him it's the Iowa corn song, and she proceeds to sing it. She says, Iowa, Iowa, and I thought I'm like I thought it was Iowa. Um, so I, I'm gonna play the clip, and then that is the end of the episode. And I just looked it uh, the song up on YouTube, and that's right, you know. But there's also the State of Iowa song that was written in 19, uh, 1897 and adapted by Iowa in 1911. I just wanted to double check. So there are two different songs. There's the Iowa Corn song and then the uh, State of Iowa song. So I will play the clip and I will be right back. You cheated on your test? Yes. You cheated on your test? Yes. I'm very disappointed in you. have anything to say for yourself? I'm disappointed in me too. I've been feeling real bad ever since I did it. 
Well, maybe this experience would be worthwhile if the next time you're tempted to cheat, you remember how you feel right now. I promise I'll never, ever cheat again. Good. Then the subject is closed. Hop into bed. Now, you tell me something. Did you really learn all this stuff? You bet. Go ahead. Ask me anything. Okay. What's the Iowa State song? The Iowa Corn song. It is? We're from Iowa. Iowa. You really do know it. Good night, dear. State of all the land. Boy and every hand. That's wonderful. We're from Iowa. Brandon Tailwag episode rating. I'm giving it three out of five Brandon Tailwags. One, for Mike finding out about Punky and Alan cheating, giving them extra work hoping that they will break them down and they will confess. Two, Brandon's nightcap in the beginning of the episode and in the glasses he wore when Alan and Punky were studying. Three, Henry quizzes Punky on her knowledge of states and she sings the Iowa corn song. I knocked off two tailwags. This episode was kind of meh for me, and Alan leading Punky down a dark road of dishonesty. Punky principles. Punky's principles. <laughs> Don't cheat. Get a tutor or someone to help you if you're struggling. It'll feel more satisfactory to know that you did the work and came out on top and are rewarded in the end. Here's some YouTube comments for this episode. I seriously never realized that trick with the nine times table since nobody ever taught me that that would have helped me when i was struggling in third grade and struggling when i was in third grade and struggling with my multiplication alan must come from a poor family he is always wearing the same shirt and wristband in every episode okay i if i thought i got away with cheating on a test the one thing i wouldn't do is announce it right outside the classroom when my teacher's still inside of course mike was already onto them but that's beside the point see i mentioned that too this was a great episode. This teacher should be in every school. All right. Here's some new Punky Peep listeners for the week. Belfast, Maine, Caledonia, Canada, Portland, Maine, Mexico, Dallas, Texas, Amsterdam, Netherlands, Rockport, Maine, Bahamas, Pittsburgh, California, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Toledo, Ohio, Croatia, Germany, Paris, France, Melbourne, Australia, Brussels, Belgium, Malaysia, and Switzerland. I want to give a sincere thank you to all the listeners out there, whether you listen to this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or any other listening platforms that you may use to hear this podcast. I love giving you the episode recaps of Punky Brewster every week. Joining me as I go into full detail describing her many adventures and shenanigans with Henry, Brandon, and her friends, as well as my occasional running commentary and childhood stories. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Just go to iTunes. The more rates and reviews this podcast gets, the easier it is for other people to see that it's out there. So tell your friends and family. This is a family-friendly podcast to be listened to by all. Also, check my social media sites, which you can access using the links on my SoundCloud account, Punky Power and Unofficial Punky Brewster Podcast. 
Throughout the week, I post listener and episode trivia questions for upcoming episodes on my social media sites. If you'd like to become an honorary Punky Peep of the Week, crown and all, plus you get a shout-out on the podcast, just go to the, my many Punky Power social media platforms. All you got to do is answer the episode listener and trivia questions. And they are Facebook, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Instagram, Punky Power PB podcast. Twitter, Punky PB podcast. And Tumblr, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. I also have a Gmail, podcast at gmail.com. For those of you who want to email me to tell me what Punky Brewster means to you, if you watch it as a child or maybe you've introduced it to your child, or anything Punky related as well as praise for this podcast. So join me next Tuesday, the 22nd, for Season 2, Episode 4, Baby Buddies, Inc., which aired on October 6, 1985. With Mrs. Johnson's assistance, Punky and Sherry go into babysitting business. A woman leaves her baby with them, but then the three of them take it out for a stroll. They return home with another infant. So, that being said, I hope you enjoy next week's episode. And I want to give you some words from Lauren, my punky pal, who has her own words on this episode, season two, episode three, Cheaters Never Went. So listen to hear what she's got to say. So keep on shining your punky power and I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye bye. Hola, Angela. It's Lauren. I hope you're doing well. I figured that I would give you my thoughts auditorily. I hope that's okay. And... Here we go with my thoughts on Punky Brewster S2E3 Cheaters Never Prosper. So my first thought is on the way that Henry dealt with Punky's bad grade. I think every parent should watch this episode because he did it in a way that needs to be implemented in every household. I grew up in a home where grades are very important, and obviously education is important, but there is a difference between building your child up and motivating them when they need to apply themselves more and trying to get to the root of uh, might be learning disability and, or sorry, versus tearing them down, punishing them and making them feel bad for maybe something that's beyond their control. And Henry definitely took the road less traveled, in my opinion, in this case. And I think that every parent can learn from him. He didn't ground her. He didn't, well, he never used physical discipline, but I mean, he didn't punish her in any way. He just said, you know what? I know you can do better. I know that you have the potential to do better than this, that you are better than this, but this grade does not mean that you're a bad person. It just means you need to apply yourself. And that is a great example. He didn't shame her. He didn't tear her down. He didn't, well, I don't want to say insult her, but I mean, you know, he didn't make her feel bad about herself. So I honestly, like I said, think that every parent should watch that scene the very beginning when he sees the, I think it's a D, on her report card and the way that he handles it. And um, 
I love when he says, I don't believe in education by deprivation. And then her response is, I don't know what that means, but I like it. <laughs> um, so now on to my favorite guy in all of season two, you know who that is, Mike, super teacher. And I know he's just a normal person, but again, I love this man for so many reasons and obviously all of them are personality and character based. Yes, I thought he was a hunk back then, but I digress. So I love the way that Mike let the kids, I mean, Punky and Alan by extension, have or suffer natural consequences for their decision. And I, I think he did say, I'll be talking to your parents, but and if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, because I, I have watched this recently, but I haven't seen it before that in like a couple years. But even if I'm wrong and he didn't say I'm going to tell your parents, actually, I think he I think he actually says you are going to tell your parents. And I think that's actually a really, really good move on his part because it makes Punky and Alan responsible for what they've done or in this case didn't do. And... It also teaches them the, uh, sorry about that, Raja was getting on the table. Anyway, it also teaches them to own up to what they've done and in doing so to help them learn how to repair it. Obviously, in this case, by studying, which you see them do afterwards and obviously asking for help when they really need it instead of acting like everything is okay and basically trying to take it on themselves when they obviously need a little bit of coaching and obviously tutoring in this case. So I really like how Mike handled this. And I, again, he didn't make them feel bad about themselves. Yes, he was disappointed in them, especially Punky, but he didn't let that basically destroy the appropriate relationship he had with her he didn't call her bad he didn't say this is you know you you know um he didn't uh, oh geez he didn't shame her is what i'm trying to say i'm sorry i haven't had lunch yet but i really commend him on this episode and what he did here and again teachers can learn from this i actually think this is an episode that needs to be shown in schools to obviously students and to teachers, especially teachers with students with disabilities. And obviously every kind of teacher can learn from this, but I think mostly, or not mostly, but also children with learning disabilities because they're um, just as much risk to cheat even more because of the shame that goes along with whatever their, their learning disability or you know, problem is, or they want to seem normal, so they try to fake it, and it just, it's no good for anyone, and I think that this episode can teach them the alternative, and that it's okay to ask for help, so those are pretty much my thoughts, I hope you enjoyed this, and if you feel comfortable with me doing it again, I will do it for the next one, because there aren't many episodes in season two that I didn't like, except for the treehouse one, and then Tap Your Troubles Away is another one that's not really my favorite, but I'll try and find something. But I really hope you enjoyed this, and I hope you can use it, like I said, if, if on this or on the next one or 
whatnot. So I will talk to you later.